Welcome back to another episode of the Looking Forward Podcast. Today we're going to be looking forward to the possible future of Alien Disclosure. Today I've put together a bunch of clips for you. <clears throat> Sorry for my voice. Today I've put together a bunch of clips for you from uh, David Grush. He is the guy who went in front of Congress. He is the whistleblower who has recently brought to light all of the information about the recent alien discoveries and UAPs. And he is the one who has gotten the Congress and the governments around the world to admit the existence of UFOs, a.k.a. UAPs. So I really hope you enjoy what I put together for you today. Uh, keep an open mind. Feel free to leave a comment or reply. And uh, stay tuned for things to come. Enjoy. So instead of hearing myself explain who David Grush is, I would like to play a clip for you so you can hear who he is in his own words from himself. Enjoy. Issue, and I'm grateful for your time. My name is David Charles Grush. I was an intelligence officer for 14 years, in the, both in the U.S. Air Force, uh, both active duty Air National Guard and Reserve, at the rank of major, and most recently from 2021 to 2025, or excuse me, 2023, uh, at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, NGA, uh, at the GS-15 civilian level, which is uh, the military equivalent of a full bird colonel. I was my agency's co-lead in unidentified anomalous phenomena and transmedium object analysis, as well as reporting to the UAP task force, UAPTF, uh, and eventually, once it was established, uh, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, ARO. I became a whistleblower through a PPD-19 urgent concern filing in uh, May 2022 uh, with the Intelligence Community Inspector General. Uh, following concerning reports from multiple esteemed and credentialed current and former military and intelligence community individuals that the U.S. government is operating with secrecy above congressional oversight uh, with regards to UAPs. My testimony is based on information I've been given by individuals with a long-standing track record of legitimacy and service to this country many of whom also have shared compelling evidence in the form of photography, official documentation, and classified oral testimony to myself and many my various... <clears throat> so, um, you, as you heard from his own words, that, ex that is exactly who David Grush is. So, with that clip being there, now we're going to get more into what he exposed to the government and let us know about. Enjoy. We have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier. Do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. At one point, you said that there, 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 there uh, has been harmful activity or aggressive activity. Has any of the activity um, been aggressive, been um, hostile in your reports? Uh, I know of multiple colleagues of mine that got physically injured. And uh, the activity... And I had a, by, by UAPs or by, by people within the, the federal government? Both. Okay, so there has been activity by 
by alien or non, non-human technology and or beings that has caused harm to humans. Uh, I can't get into the specifics in a, an open environment, but at least the activity that I personally witnessed, and not to be very careful here, because uh, you don't, you know, I tell you never to acknowledge tradecraft, right? So what I personally witnessed myself and my wife was very disturbing. So what we heard him say here basically is that he can't officially admit that he has witnessed um, humans being harmed by possible aliens or not. Or the fact that humans have been injured by our own government trying to cover up the existence of aliens. But if you listen and read and can read in between the lines, you can really hear what he's saying there. So I'm going to slowly start sharing these clips and exposing all this to you guys. Hope you enjoy. So in this segment, we have David Grush again, as I've introduced you to him already in previous clips in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, So you should already know his background. He is with Commander Fraber, who is the guy who tracked and recorded the Tic Tac object. They're both going to talk about their experiences. This is a four-minute clip, so sit back, listen, and enjoy. It's very informational. If we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? Biologics came with some of these recoveries, yeah. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Not human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. We arrived at the location at approximately 20,000 feet, and the controller called Merge Plot, which means that our radar blip is now in the same resolution cell as the contact. As we looked around, we noticed that we saw some white water off our right side. It's important to note that the weather on this day was as close to perfect as you... Speaking now is Commander David Fravor. It asked for off the coast of San Diego. Clear skies, light winds, calm seas, no white caps from waves. So the white water stood out in a large blue ocean. All four of us, because we were in F-18Fs, so we had pilots and Wizzo in the back seat, looked down a small, saw a white tic-tac object with a longitudinal axis pointing north-south and moving very abruptly over the water like a ping-pong ball. There were no rotors, no rotor wash, or any sign of visible control surfaces like wings. As we started clockwise towards the object, my Wizzo and I decided to go down and take a closer look with the other aircraft staying in high cover to observe both us and the tic-tac. We proceeded around the circle about 90 degrees from the start of our descent, and the object suddenly shifted its longitudinal axis, aligned it with my aircraft, and began to climb. We continued down another 270 degrees. We went nose load where the tic-tac would have been. Our altitude at this point is about 15,000 feet, and the tic-tac was about 12,000. As we pulled nose onto the object within about a half mile of it, it rapidly accelerated in front of us and disappeared. Our wingmen, roughly 8,000 feet above us, lost contact also. We immediately turned back to see where the white water was at, and it was gone also. So as you started to turn back towards the east, the controller came up and said, Sir, you're not going to believe this, but that thing is at your cat point roughly 60 miles away in less than a minute. You can calculate the speed. What steps do you think have to be taken to improve a pilot's UAP reporting, be it military or commercial? 
Right now, we need a system where pilots can report without fear of losing their jobs. Uh, there is a fear that the stigma associated with this topic is going to lead to professional repercussions, either through management or perhaps through their yearly physical check. So having a secure system, reducing the stigma, uh, and making this available, this information available through the public is going to reduce uh, the concerns that air crew have. Mr. Quest, finally, do you believe that our government is in possession of UAPs? Uh, absolutely, based on interviewing uh, over 40 witnesses over four years. And, and where? I know the exact locations, and, and those locations were provided to the Inspector General and some of which to the Intelligence Committees. I actually had the people with the first-hand knowledge um, provide a protective disclosure to the Inspector General. How do you know that these were not our aircraft? Some of the behaviors that we saw in a working area, we would see these objects uh, being at 0.0, .0 Mach, that's zero airspeed, over a certain pieces of the ground. So what that means, just like a river, if you throw a bobber in, it's going to float downstream. These objects were staying completely stationary in Category 4 hurricane winds. These same objects would then accelerate to supersonic speeds, 1.1, 1.2 Mach, uh, and they would do so in very erratic and, and quick behaviors that we don't, I don't have an explanation for. What astonished you the most about the, the flight capabilities of these Tic Tac, very briefly? Uh, the performance. Absolute performance. It was. And you're you're not aware of any other objects that anybody in the world has in this world that has those capabilities. No, I think it's far beyond actually our material science that we currently possess. So there you go. There Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos. So we have a nice four-minute little clip there for you that kind of gives you a little insight from professionals who deal with this in their field every single day. So it's not necessarily just quacks and kooks out there that are talking about this. These are now commanders in our armies and our navies. These are people from our government, high-level officials that are coming out and speaking about this. So you might want to pay attention to it. I'm going to put together some more clips, so please enjoy. And here's another clip of David Grush explaining the things he has seen and the things he is dealing with. The day since former Air Force intelligence officer turned whistleblower David Grush came on News Nation and made an earth shattering claim. He alleged the U.S. government has a top secret program that has been studying and reverse engineering non human original technical vehicles, Ooh. basically UFOs, since before World War II. Here we go. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started confiding in me. They approached me. I have plenty of current former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me they were a part of a program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. He'd never heard of the program, but now the whole world has. Because not only did that interview put Grush on the map, it put him in the hot seat on Capitol Hill. Grushified, Grush testified in front of Congress alongside two other military veterans, all three telling lawmakers and the public what they knew about unidentified anomalous phenomenon, UAPs, which is the new word for UFOs. What he says our government knows about them. Do you believe that our government is in possession of UAPs? Uh, absolutely, based on interviewing uh, over 40 witnesses over four years. And, and, and where? 
I know the exact locations, and, and those locations were provided to the Inspector General and some of which to the Intelligence Committees. I actually had the people with the first-hand knowledge um, provide a protected disclosure to the Inspector General. Grush is no publicity hound since that day. He's remained a protective over those sources and very... So like a true good whistleblower, he's not really exposing any of his leads or anything like that, which is good for now. So let's continue to find out what is going to go on with this moving forward. We know that um, we've had a lot of pushback so far, but I believe with all of this now uh, coming to light in, the, in Congress and the United States and the governments of the world admitting this to be real, we are actually finally making ground. So let's see how much ground we can make in the coming year. So as a little treat, to wrap this episode up, we're going to leave you with a clip uh, from Commander David Fravor on Joe Rogan's podcast explaining what the Tic Tac uh, UFO was that he encountered that has also been used to show Congress as evidence and also proven to be a real video. So enjoy this video and um, tune back in because we're going to do deep dives into things like this. On next week's episode, I'm going to teach you who David uh, Fravor is, a.k.a. Commander Fravor, his background and where he comes from and all that. So, enjoy. This is a seven-minute clip, so enjoy it. It's fun, it's good, it's interesting, and you'll really like it. Um, Jamie, we have the video? Okay. Here we go. Now, to explain what what is what are we seeing and why are we seeing it in this uh, this particular okay, shade? Okay, so we'll just kind of go around. So if you look at the uh, don't uh, OPRs operate on the top left corner. NAR is narrow field of view, which is zoomed in. Uh, IR at the top middle it means it's in infrared mode. So instead of seeing color, you're seeing temperature variations. Okay. And these things are extremely sensitive to in like tenths of degrees. They will tell you the difference due to color so it'll go from black to white so in this case white is hot so if you look down in the bottom left corner it says WHT um, mm -hmm. that's white it means white is hot so the object that you're looking at is hotter than the sky around it but what you also notice is there's no plumes now like if you're looking at an airplane when you get closer you'll actually see the exhaust coming out and there will be a, a really glowing plume that's important as we, as we look I should stop for a second and let you know that he's actually explaining what the tic-tac tic-tac no sorry tic-tac <clears throat> vehicle is to Joe through a actual recorded video that they captured uh, while they were chasing it so just kind of try to visualize what he's talking about and they're looking at the video via uh, infrared um, uh, light so here you go the video and then the most of the stuff on here you really don't need to know what you can look at is uh, the bottom right corner it says 19,990 and a B that's the altitude and um, if you look up in the little words where it says HDG and then BALT, it's autopilot. So it's on altitude hold. It's just flying uh, for that. So you can go ahead and play the video. And so those two bars next to the white object, that's a, that's a, that's a passive track. So what he's done is he's commanded the FLIR to track that. So what the system does is it uses, uh, it's actually tracking, it can track pixels. And it's just basically blocked those hot pixels, those white pixels from the black ones. And then you're going to see now, pause it real quick. 
So up at the top, see, it went to a white screen with a black object. This is a black and white TV mode. And if you look at the top, it says TV. So narrow in TV mode is actually, you can get closer than narrow in IR. It, it's literally narrow in IR is about medium in TV mode. So there's, you can get closer with the TV mode. So as you look at it now, in this case, you would actually start to see... Um, stuff going on and even in tv mode because you get exhaust you know the black exhaust that comes out you'll usually be able to see kind of some of that coming out of the back and you don't see anything this thing's just sitting there and if you look at the uh, the top where it says three right that's the pod is looking three degrees right of the nose of the airplane right so he's just flying along the bottom numbers don't worry those are time so it's 41:56. so go ahead and hit play and it, what, what he's doing is he's going, Chad's going through all the different modes because he's like, oh, I got it. And he's going to try and see the best video that he can get. Now, there's rumors that this video is like 10 minutes long. No, what you're looking at is the entire video. Now, notice where it says 99.9. Mm -hmm. So hit pause real quick. What that means is the why he's got the pod, the targeting pod, because that's his primary sensor right now. The radar is still trying to look at this object and trying to range it. And the radar can't get ranging on it. So... The object is doing something to say, I'm not giving you back, because it's just a Doppler radar, just like a police radar is a Doppler. It's trying to get a ranging on you, and it can't do it. So when it says 99.9, the radar cannot see this object right now. Mm. It's not allowing it to get ranging. And I think that's super important, Dave, the way he explained it to me, active jamming compared to passive jamming. This is a technology that is actively jamming this system rather than something like stealth aircraft which is the shape and the texture of the yeah it's because everyone thinks stealth is invisible it's not it's it's just it's a technology to to basically make it harder for radars to see you you know and that's the whole thing you know if you look at uh, you know airplanes that are nose on uh, are harder to see than airplanes at the side. It's kind of like, think of a barn door. If you're looking at the whole barn door, it's really mm -hmm. easy. See, if I turn the barn door sideways where it's really thin, it's going to be a lot harder for you to see it. Got it. So that's, that's the easiest, most basic way to look at this. So you keep going. You can play again. And you can look. The, the airplane is still sitting at 20,000 feet. It's doing 250 knots. He's going to go through different modes and try and lock it. And uh, it's just kind of sitting. And all of a sudden, as the video goes on, I think it's a minute and a half long. See, it's going to try and reacquire. It recenters the pod, so it's it's slowly drifting to the left. The 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 Hornet is still going the same heading, it's just kind of hanging out, and they're just filming this thing. And then when they get close, it's going to zing off the left hand side. When you see it on a full, because it's you know you think digital, you'd be able to get a one for one copy. Unlike you know when you copy your album to a cassette, you know you lose a little quality. Well, you still do in digital world, and they're off. It goes to the left, and that's pretty fast to leave that field of view. On the when we we have big monitors that we look at these when they come back, so we're looking at the original tapes. So at the end of that again, please, Jamie. So when it's taking off, how fast? When when it just sort of like leaves the field of view and takes off to the left, how fast is that going? Uh, I would say pretty fast. It's an estimate. If we had ranging, you know, you could obviously do the triangle and go, hey, because we mm -hmm. know how big the field of view is. But for something to leave the field of view that fast with the pod just staring, is pretty fast. I mean, it, it just, it's like out of here. Like nothing that we have? No, because we can't, I don't care what airplane is, so let's just use an F-22 Raptor. That's probably one of the, it's probably the best airplane in the world right now, performance-wise. Um, it can't take off like that, it, especially if it's a hover. I mean, you're, you're talking something that's just sitting in space in the wind, and then it just all of a sudden accelerates. Airplanes don't work that way. And it's not leaving any exhaust plume? No, notice there's none. And when you but go back again, to the air at the end? Even in the IR, you don't... Yeah, see, there's IR zoomed in, and there's no... You would see a plume if that was an airplane. It's creepy how it takes off. Yeah. 
with active jamming. It's intelligently controlled. There's no rotors. There's no plumes. There's no exhaust. There's no tail fin. There's no uh, tail number. This thing goes from a standstill, takes off. It's a propulsion system we don't have in our inventory, and no other nation does. That's how it's understood by the government. Now, that... That's so. If the fastest plane on Earth was trying to do that same maneuver, this system would be able to track it. Um, yeah, oh well, yeah, it would stay with it until it got to the, the limits of the pod. You know, mm -hmm. as far as looking to the left, but right. Right. and you know, the radar would see it. I mean, when you get when you get close enough, you're gonna you know you, everything becomes visible because you get burned through with radar and how how radars actually work. This one is. You know, you, you tell me, but it, this was performance beyond. I mean, it's like when we saw it disappear when it flew in front of my nose. I'm, I'm talking something. I'm, I'm within a half mile of it, looking at it, and it gets in front of me and just disappears. So take, we'll just go to something that everyone knows is fast. Let's just say SR-71 that's doing Mach 3. You know, the visibility is 50 miles. So even at 35 miles a minute, I'm going to be able to see this thing turn into a little dot as it goes off into the horizon for probably a minute. The thing that we saw disappeared in a second. Just gone. And that's from two different angles. Remember, the other airplane's 8,000 feet above me because we, we get close to it at about 12,000 feet. So the other airplane's above me looking down, and when it disappeared, I said, do you guys see it? And they said, no, it's gone. It just literally was poof. Hey. So what you just heard there is from Commander David Favor. To try to put this into, per into perspective for some of you, if any of you have seen the movie uh, Top Gun, the main character Maverick, he is literally the real-life Maverick, but better because he exists and he is real. He's not from a movie. This guy is the real deal. He is the best of the best, and he commands an entire fleet. Um, so stay tuned for next week's episode on exposing, um, you know, all the stuff about the aliens that seem to be going under everybody's radar. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week.